live from our studio in Babson Park, Massachusetts. It's the Fred Opie Show, where we unpack history to positively impact the future. I am Fred Opie, your host. Thanks for joining us live or listening to the podcast. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Thank you for joining us today on the Fred Opie Show. Today, we have a reboot of a show I did last year entitled Your Best College Year Ever. So what's this show about if you haven't heard it before? I'm going to share with you from the perspective of being a professor and what it's like in terms of the dynamics and the psychology of getting the best grades possible. You're going to learn the perspective of a professor. Admittedly, I'm one of many, but I've been doing this for almost two decades now. So I have a pretty good sense of how my colleagues also think. We sit around the table and we talk staff meetings, during division meetings, during department meetings. I have heard all kinds of different comments. What you're going to hear here will boost your grade. But it's not just hearing, it's actually putting it to work. So I want you to listen carefully to this and think about the things I'm saying and put them into practice. Parents, listen carefully to what I have to say and share it with not only your children if they're going off to college, but if you have nephew and nieces, Listen to it and share it. I'm excited about this content because I know it'll make a difference in your life. As an undergrad, I was not a great student. So I'm sharing with you things that will make a difference in your life if you put them to work. Plan your work and work your plan. Plan your work and work your plan. Success and failure are planned events. You don't just wake up a success. You don't just wake up a failure. There's a lot of steps in between. Success and failure are planned events, and there's no reason why this should not be a successful academic year for you. Right now, your professor doesn't know you from Jack. They don't know anything about you. So first impressions are super important. We've all heard that before. I'm going to give you an example of a name that you all probably be very familiar. Several names. I do this with my students. So this is what you see go on in the first day of class with me as a way of trying to make my students understand the importance of making first impressions. So if I say the name Hillary Clinton, there's an image that comes to your mind right now. If I say Donald Trump, there's an image that comes to your mind now. The question I ask my students, what comes to people's mind when they think of your name? The reality is that you are brand new to me and I don't know anything about you and I'm going to be giving you a final grade. So it's incumbent upon you to establish some great images behind your name, i.e. early to class, assignments handed in on time, prepared for class, that is does the reading and can participate in the class discussion without just saying things for the purpose of saying things. Because I can tell you as a college professor, it is clear when people are just talking to be talking. Some other things you can uh, put behind your name is ask great questions. There's nothing more impressive to me than a great question coming from a student. So all these things go into establishing a great name for yourself and a great image when I think of you and in your name. So these are these are really important things. Now, this is not just about the classroom, folks. I, this is the thing I try to tell people. This is on the field. A student athlete. First time I have you at practice. This is in the work situation, the internship, the roommate situation. All these are examples where you're going to be making first impressions on people and it's important. So you want a long lasting first impression. Now, give me some other things. If you're a person who's kind of shy and don't like to talk in class, most of the time you don't want 
people looking at you, you feel uncomfortable when you're talking. If you're that type of person, I would suggest you sit in the front of the classroom and not in the back. And I'll tell you why. You know, again, we're not uh, on TV, so you're going to have to visualize what I'm talking about. But when you sit in the front of a class and you ask a question, the only one you really are seeing looking at you is the faculty member, maybe colleagues on your right and on your left. If you're at the back of the class or in the middle of the class and you ask a question, the first thing people do when you're recognized by me is turn around and look at your face. And that can be very uncomfortable if you're shy. So if you're shy, I suggest that you sit in the front of the class. I would suggest that to anybody. And I'll give you the, the rationale. I, I mentioned to some of you, if you look at my bio, I played at Syracuse University. We have the famed Carrier Dome. Let me ask you, what seats cost more for a Carrier Dome game or let's even say a concert? Well, we all know the answer to that question. The one closest to the field or closest to the stage. If you're paying good money to go to college, I'd get the best seat in the house, which is on the front row. There's less distractions when you're in the front row. We have a tendency to get called on when you're on the front row. So there's a lot of reasons why I would suggest you sit on the front row of the class. But of course, you are free to sit where you want. It may not influence your grade a whole lot, but something to think about. Okay, let me give you something else. Students often do not come to me when they're working on an assignment and having a difficulty until it is really bad and they need to be rescued from deep water that they can't swim in. The time to come see me is before it gets out of hand. I tell students that you got to look at your professor as the mechanic. The AAA, I have AAA, right? Doesn't cost you that much money, by the way. If you're a parent and you're sending your kid off to college and they are taking the family car, buy AAA because that one tow on the side of the road is going to be worth what you would have to pay for a tow truck to come. But I digress. When you have AAA and you get in a problem, they come right to the rescue. That's how a college professor is. I can't help you if your car is running down the road 60 miles an hour and you're talking about, oh, I'm having problems. Oh, I can't do this. You got to pull that bad boy off to the side, otherwise known as my office. Come see me. Let me know what the problem is. Let me look under the hood and figure it out. I have all kinds of experience finding sources that you think don't exist or you can't find. Whatever the scenario is, come see me. Give you another situation, which is very real. I deal with it all the time. You're in a group, uh, doing a group assignment in your class, and you got somebody who decides they're not going to pull their weight. Come see me. I'm the manager. I'm the supervisor. I, I, I work on these problems all the time. And guess what? It is great experience for when you get out into the work world because you will be doing group assignments and somebody, more often than not, is going to try to get out of doing what everybody's supposed to be doing. So go see the teacher. Don't wait until the situation gets out of control. That's the same thing with the roommate situation. That's the same thing with a teammate, whatever. Don't wait until it's out of control. Go see the professor. Go see the coach. Go see the school dean. Go see the advisor before it gets out of control. Students come in my class, all right, and I'm, I'm thinking about what happened this past Sunday when I'm sitting in, the, in church at the service, and I had an email I needed to send to somebody because it was super important need to do it right now, right? And my wife, who also is a college professor, she said to me, honey, can you please stop doing that? You know you would not tolerate that in your classroom if a student was doing that. She's absolutely right. I'm guilty. I was being a hypocrite. When you are looking at your smartphone for an extended period of time in my class, and I don't know why, my assumption is probably going to be that you're 
texting, reading a text, emailing somebody, especially if I see the little fingers going a thousand miles an hour, a message comes to me that what you're doing is more important than this class. You wouldn't want that message to come across to your college professor. You're waiting for some very important text? Then just tell the professor for a class. You may see me checking my phone today because my mom is in the hospital and we're waiting for results on a really important task and I'm going to have to check the phone. Get it. No problem. Now, if you come to me five times and tell me that same story, then we got a problem. The show will be right back. For related content on negotiating the world of school and sports, visit our website at fredopi.com. Check out our podcast archive and review the show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. The best way to support the podcast is to tell a friend. Share the show on Facebook and Twitter or send them to our website at fredopi.com. You can find all my information on my uh, website, fredopi.com. There's a food blog. For those who don't know, I work as a food historian, and there's a ton of really interesting content and recipes on there. You can see the link to my book page. You can see all six books that I've published in my most recent one. Start with your gift. The real deal about life and getting ready for life, it's there. If you are planning an event and you're looking for a guest speaker, let me know if you're interested in having me come to speak. In Start With Your Gift, I help you recognize your gift, select mentors, choose the right school, major, and training, identify internships. I show you how to select jobs, get your financial house in order, build wealth, and live and give like no one else. That's all in the book, Start With Your Gift. You can find it on Amazon.com. Welcome back to this edition of The Fred Opie Show. Here's the other scenario. And folks, this is real stuff I deal with all the time because sometimes it comes down to the difference between two, three points for you to go up a letter grade. So you might be able to go from a B plus to an A by just doing these little things. So just just consider, consider what I'm sharing with you. Consider how you dress when you come to class. Do you look like what Coach Jancic of Gettysburg College says? Do you look like Joe Bag of Donuts when you come to class? Because if you look like Joe Bag of Donuts, you know, people might think a little bit this may not be that important to you. Just dress professionally. I'm not telling you to put a suit and tie on unless you're presenting. Hello. If you're presenting to your class, you have a class project and you're presenting, then I would suggest that you dress for success and put a suit on if you have one or at least a tie on. But I would say a suit. Invest in some wrinkle-free shirts and pants and wear that to school. Athletes, listen to me, athletes. I would not suggest you wear your swag to class. I'm going to tell you why. There's not a whole lot of us professors who play sports. And there's a percentage, excuse me, folks, because I'm one, so I'm going to talk like this. There's a percentage of us professors, and we got sometimes picked on by the jocks, the people that play the sports. So subconsciously, we may not feel so warm and fuzzy towards athletes. So I wouldn't be advertising that you're an athlete. Leave the swag at home. That's just my suggestion. Feel free to do what you want. The best places to study on campus. Okay. Again, some of you are going to be living off campus. You can save a lot of money if you're living off campus, you know, with your parents and commuting. But usually the first two to three floors and most college library is where the dating game goes on. 
you're probably not going to get a lot of work done. You'll, you'll get a lot of phone numbers if that's what you're there for. If you go up on the library floors, you'll find quiet spots. A lot of the library floors have study room. Get there early, get the study room. Some of the best time to study, Friday nights, Saturday nights, because everybody's out partying and you have the whole place to yourself. I'm not saying you got to stay in there all night, but you can get a lot of great study time. You have the place to yourself. Another time is when there's a athletic event, especially if you're at a school that's a, a uh, Division One, Division Two program and they have a big have a home game. The library will be like a morgue. Great time to study. Know when you're in the zone. Everybody knows the experience of listening to David Robinson get interviewed the other day, and they interviewed him about a time where he, I don't know, he scored like 72 points a game, some some crazy, maybe about 100 points a game, I don't know what it was, but he scored a whole lot. There are times when you're playing as an athlete, and it feels like everything that you touch is going in. I mean, you're just you're just shooting those jumpers, and it's just, it's just like, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. You know, it's just all going. You are in the zone. It's the same way when you study. If you observe your body, listen to your body, you will find there are times when you are more awake and you're going to be much more efficient in getting your homework done than others. Record those times and try to protect those times to get your work done because it's when you're hot and that's when you want to be doing For some of you, it's going to be late at night. If that's the case, don't take early morning 8 o'clock classes because you're probably not going to be very wide awake. And also know what works well for you. Some people work well with jazz playing, with rock playing, with reggae playing, whatever music you need if you're a music person. Some of you should invest in some great noise reduction earphones because you may have a roommate that's into the music when they study and it will drive you nuts. Okay, Now, I'm a guy because I have ADHD. When I study, I need four walls, no windows. Okay, literally, my office has one window in it, and I have it covered in cardboard. I am not kidding you, because it's so, that's what I need to study. You got to know yourself what you need. I also would suggest, and I do this, uh, as I keep a pair of earplugs with me. You can get them at any CVS or Walgreens or something like that. There's some free advertisement for you all. You can send me a check when you get a chance. But you can buy a small pair of earplugs that stays in a plastic container, and you can use those earplugs for any time you need to study. So keep that in mind. You can pull them out when you're on, uh, when you're waiting to get into a classroom, when you're traveling on an away game. Uh, just a number, sometimes you're in a library and there's too many people talking around you. You pop those earplugs and you're good to go. The other thing I would consider is I also have, if you've ever been to a counselor or gotten therapy, they'll have these little sleep machines, they call them. Invest in one. They're great to have in your room when you're studying. They're great to have in your room when you're sleeping. You're going to find that the dorms can be really loud and you need to get to sleep and you got a roommate that stays up. If you have one of those little gizmos, I have one in my office. I have one in my bedroom at home. They're a great way to shut out the sound, the background sounds or to get your work done. If there's any questions that you have, please take the time. Email me. Tweet me. I'm going to use Facebook. Ask me a question. I'll be glad to answer it on the air so everybody gets the benefit of hearing the response to your question. I'm more than glad to do that, and I encourage you to do that. This show, in my mind, is set up to help students deal with the realities of being a student, successful student. It's your full-time job if you're a student. If you're in high school, it's the same message. If you're in middle school, same. this is your gig. This is your job. You got to do it well. So have all the tools in place to do a great job. The show will be right back. Start with your gift. Understand and monetize it while serving others with it. This is my latest book, my lacrosse memoir. My lacrosse experience starting in eighth grade to having ADHD and just how hard school was for me. It was never easy. Read a sample chapter of Start With Your Gift on my website, fredopi.com.
I'm also looking for advertisers for this show. Email us and let us know about your product. We would love to partner with you. Welcome back to this edition of The Fred Opie Show. College level can be more problematic for some people, particularly if you've been playing three different sports or uh, many different sports in high school, and now you're in college and you're not playing sports anymore, and now you have all this free time. I've seen a lot of people get in trouble when they think they have extra free time. So when it comes to time management, one of the things that's been a great tool for me is my Google Calendar and my smartphone. And what I do is I set up on my smartphone a calendar and anytime I have a commitment, for example, today I made a commitment. I think I made more than one commitment to um, doctor's appointments or something. But as soon as I get that appointment, I want to write it down ASAP. That is super important that you write things down right away and that you get it on your calendar. Because if you make commitments without putting them on your calendar, something's going to get lost. Now, in your case, I would look at the classes you're taking. And once you know that you have a due date for an assignment or you have an exam, reading assignments for every one of your classes, put them in when you actually meet, when the class meets. And the Google Calendar, you can open it up and you have a description. I'll put it on my calendar and I'll have an hour or the two hours or whatever the time is before class. I'll have I'll put down class prep and give myself plenty of time. I use a lot of PowerPoint, so I'll make sure my PowerPoint's tight, that everything's there. I tweak things and, and I have all that together but I have it on a timer. So let's say two, three weeks from now, I have a particular a lecture I have to give or I have to give a group presentation. What I will do is I'll put it in my Google uh, Google Doc or in my Google Calendar, and then I put a reminder on it. You can do an email, you can do a pop-up. But when that goes off, I know it's time for me to turn to that assignment. Now, the nice thing about it is once I put it in the calendar and it's got a reminder, I don't have to think about it again until that reminder goes off. But you got to plan your day. Now, here's a saying that I think is real important. Plan your work and work your plan. Did you hear me? I said, plan your work and work your plan. And in order to do that, you need to have a calendar. You need to know what your schedule is. You got to write down when you have meetings, when you have practice, when you're going to exercise. Now, one of the things I always ask my students, because we all know about the freshman 15, you leave home, mom and dad are not there to tell you what to eat. Make sure that your plate is as colorful as possible. By the way, if you're eating food as a college student and everything on that plate looks brown, you need to start changing your diet. You want it to look pretty with a lot of different colors. That means you have a healthy diet with plenty of fruits and vegetables, and a little bit of protein. But if you don't take the time to plan to work out, you're going to end up with that freshman 15, putting on all this weight because mom and dad's not there. The cafeteria is is like a smorgasbord buffet, and you're going to be eating like it's no tomorrow. So you got to make sure you eat well, and you got to plan to work out. And, I, and students say to me, well, I don't have any time to work out. I tell if you're too busy to work out, you're too busy. Because working out will ensure that you're in the best possible situation physically, emotionally, psychologically to get your work done. You're going to be much, you're going to be more disciplined. By just having the discipline of working out, it's going to help you be more disciplined to do assignments when you don't want to do them. Because in my mind, success is doing the things you don't want to do so that you can do the things you want to do. Let me say that one again. Success in many ways is doing the things you don't want to do so you can do the things you want to do down the road. So make sure you you build into your schedule, your class schedule, your meetings, your group schedule, your practice if you're playing on a team. Make sure you put time for working out. 
It's real important. At least three days a week. Right, that's what I do. Now, I'm not working out the same way I did when I was a, a uh, scholarship athlete at Syracuse University. We worked out for like an hour or two hours. I don't got time like that. My workout is I'm in and out of the gym probably in 15, 20 minutes. On rare occasion, 30 minutes when I have that time. I don't have that kind of time. You don't have a whole lot of time on your hands. So schedule time to work out. Schedule time to go running. Schedule time to go biking. Whatever your thing is, get some exercise. And use that calendar. When you get an assignment, write it down. It makes a huge difference. I use a lot of hot links to my assignments. I use Blackboard a lot. I use WebEx. Use a lot of different tools with technology. The other thing is I often will assign books that are Audible books. I do that for me because I like them. I also think it's a great way that if you like to download books, some some of my students, they get they have a hard copy of the book. They got a Kindle copy, but you can also do an audio copy. So whatever, again, what works, works well for you is good. Keep up with current events related to the classes you're taking. There's nothing more impressive than having a student be able to relate the assigned reading or the, or the class discussion to what's going on in current events. Now, I, I'm an historian. That's what I do. I teach history. But I'm not into dead people. I'm going to talk about how history relates to what What's going on now? And I am an avid podcast listener. It's probably why I first created my show as a podcast, because I consume a lot of content related to what I teach as podcast. And you can do the same way as a student. And it's certainly going to help the final grade when the professor sees just how serious you are about uh, keeping up with current events as it relates to that person's class. So again, this is just a number of things. Time management, time management, time management. It is super important. I'm speaking to you from the heart. These are things that are coming up in my mind and what I want to share with you. Folks, you are there to go to school. You're not there for sports. You're not there for clubs. You're not there for fraternities or sororities. You get so bogged down into X, Y, and Z, and it's not, and it has nothing to do with your classwork, something got to go. You have to stay focused on why you went to school. Now, of course, when you're a scholarship athlete, there are certain demands made of you. But I can tell you straight up, if you get a low GPA, you're not going to be playing anyhow. So you better make sure that it's a priority. Now, those of you who are at non-scholarship scenarios at Division three schools, or you can even be at a Division one school, whatever it is, you got to work with your coaches. And coaches, you don't want to be putting your student-athletes into a situation where they're thinking that their athletic participation is more important than school, because it's not. It may be to you, but it's not for them, and it shouldn't be. I will give you an extension on any assignment when you have... Come to me a week in advance and there's a conflict where another class you may have that same week, a lot of other exams or papers do. If you come to me a week in advance, which means that you've taken the time to plan your schedule and you tell me what the situation is, I will give you an extension. I just tell my students, tell me when you want to hand it in, what day and what time. Now, you come to me the day of, can't help you, won't help. Sometimes you have students who are working mega hours to pay for school. And you need to ask yourself, maybe you bought too much school. Maybe the school you're in is too expensive. And you ought to consider going to a state school back home where you can save a whole lot of money. I have to work so much for what? For keeping up with the Joneses. Where you have a certain wardrobe you're trying to maintain, certain car you're trying to maintain, a certain lifestyle. Anything that's negative impacting your school, cut it away. Skim it. Cut the fat. Now, I'm telling you this because I run into it all the time as a college professor. I see it all the time. So I'm trying to keep you from making the same mistakes I've seen students make and it harms their grade. You know, you can't come up to me at the last minute. This semester, professor, oh, man, I need to get a B because I'm on probation. Child, you didn't get on probation because of my class. You did a whole lot of messing up to get on probation. And as I share with people, success and failure are both planned events. 
You don't just wake up a failure. You did a whole lot of planning, a whole lot of sleeping in from classes, a whole lot of not getting help when you should have gotten help, a whole lot of not getting the work done on time. There's a whole lot of things went into failing the class. But so is the success. People are successful. They take their time. They plan. They have a calendar. They ask for help when they need help. They're, they're, they're working on it. And it's very obvious. So please don't try that stuff with professors if you just don't plan it. Be on top of your game and you will have a successful first semester as a college student. And you can build on that. I hope you enjoyed this segment. I hope you'll share it with people and tell them about the strategies that you learned when you listened to it. If you learned something on this show and you find it helpful, please drop me a line. Let me know. I just want to know, is it helping you? If it is, share it with somebody else. Pass it on. You benefit from something, pass it on to somebody else. Make a difference in their life. Thank you. I'll see you next time on The Fred Opie Show. That's a wrap for this show. Thanks for listening. To hear more content like it, go to fredopie.com. If you have questions about advertising and sponsoring this show, contact us at fdopie at gmail.com. That's fdopie at gmail.com.